You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Playing with Balls podcast. It's me, your host, Shannon Lee, coming at you from Santa Monica, California, where it is hot and muggy today. And I know most people, it's like 80 degrees, but most people across the country probably hear 80 degrees in LA and think, hey, Shannon, go fuck yourself. It's really hot and humid here. It's like 100 or maybe you live in Alaska and it's whatever it is in Alaska right now. I don't know. But I realize that we are pretty privileged with this nice weather that we have here. I always judge the weather on if it's too hot, if I'm sweating, and I've been sweating most of the day. So uh, that's what's going on here. Our second co-host, Callie the Bulldog, unfortunately, will not be barking in with her opinions um, today because she's at the groomer. She's having a really bougie spa day because she smelled like a foot. So it was time to get her clean. But here's the thing. This place... I don't sign up for this, but this place gets her blueberry facials. I don't even get that kind of shit for myself. So it sounds nice, but here's the trade-off. She's also getting her anal glands squeezed, which, ew, you know. So interesting day for Callie. I'm sure we'll hear about it on the next podcast when she's back. But stay tuned because I'm super excited to introduce my guest for today's podcast, comedian and former pro athlete Michael Costa. He is super funny. I've wanted to have him on for a long time. He was a pro tennis player prior to becoming a pretty successful comedian. He's really killing it. He's like touring all over the country. He's a regular at the Comedy Store in West Hollywood on Sunset. He's performing there several times per week. Been on all the late night shows and really somebody that, you know, I look to when I'm looking at how I want to build my own career and he's doing a lot of the things that all of us comedians want to be doing and so it'll be nice to hear his secrets to success as well as hear you know what it's like to be a pro athlete and the connection between sports and life and other cool stuff from Michael. Welcome Michael. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. This is cool. Playing with balls is something that I can put my hands around. Um, I appreciate what? you crossing the 405 for me. Yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was supposed to be even earlier in the day, which mm-hmm. would have been easier. But it's never... I always feel like crossing this way, not so bad. But we'll see. As we'll long, see the next way. So we're talking about Los Angeles logistics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but everyone in real America has already turned this off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if you... Um, I can tell you when the podcast is off. But if you leave before five, you're fine. I'll be good. Yeah, you'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's funny. My friends and who are, I'm from Michigan. My friends in Michigan are always like, "Hey, I'm in town. Let's grab lunch." And then mm. you go like, "Where are you?" And they're like Anaheim or something. Or they don't realize that even though it says seven miles, it's two hours. It, it happens to me all yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah, people will like I'll even try to tell them um, try to stay in like West Los Angeles because that's yeah. where I live, and then they'll stay in like Hollywood. Yeah, because it it's sounds like, cool. And then they they're staying in some piece of shit like and they hate it because. They, you know, it's Hollywood. And I get all these people on Sunset Boulevard. These they're, they're like German families and they <laughs> hear Sunset Boulevard mm-hmm. and they're like, we got to stay there. But it's like the shitty motel by like the 101 in Sunset. It's like yeah. nowhere near where River Phoenix died of a drug overdose. It's like it's like, <laughs> you know, it, that's a landmark. That's a landmark yeah. that every German family. But yeah, you know, these are we forget living in L.A. that Hollywood and Sunset and th- these are like triggers that people think sound really cool we just get annoyed with them usually well i mean i remember before i ever used to live in los angeles i'd have to fly here for work and i thought it was the biggest piece of shit because i would just (laughs) stay by the airport totally and i'd like have like bars on my windows and nobody told me and i'm like this place sucks it's kind of better that way yeah don't don't move here yeah nobody should move here we don't need any more people (laughs) on the 405 is why so i always like to start off by um talking about how I met the guest and so I was thinking about this earlier (laughs) and I think I met you for the first time like officially at a birthday party in Venice oh shit that That was also a birthday party for the moon Remember oh, that? was it the birthday party for the moon? It was a yeah, new, it was super moon or whatever it was. New moon, I think. New moon, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, which is also such an LA thing. It is an LA thing, and what's funny, the reason I said super moon was because my birthday a few years ago was a super moon. Oh. And I don't know if you remember, it was September twenty seventh. Not that you should remember what everyone's doing on September twenty seventh, <laughs> but 
it was like the biggest moon I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty cool. And then that was, I forget, it was at Lachlan's house, right? Yes. And then, yeah, but I feel like I hadn't met you before that, huh? I guess not. I, I think I had seen you yeah. in the comedy scene, yeah. I guess, but... It was such a Venice party, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I moon. mean, it was literally a birthday party for a person and a moon. And a moon. And yeah. then there was like dogs and bunnies running around, and then a band <laughs> showed up, and there was always weed. There was like a jazz band, jazz I think, band. or you something. You could climb up on the roof and like look at stuff. See yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a super moon on your birthday. Yeah. Did that make you feel special, like this is going to be a good year? What was fun was that... Um, Everybody, you could see everybody like preparing and wanting to go check out the supermoon. And I just kind of pretended like, no, they're just getting ready for my birthday. You know, like, <laughs> like this is like really nice of them to be so like concerned with look going outside. I think in general, I really wish we prioritized the stars and stuff more. I think it's really cool and scientific. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have a friend that's going to St. Louis for the is there's some kind of eclipse coming up and i'm like that's so cool instead of like instead of like moving your calendar around so you can see the kardashian premiere i think it's pretty <laughs> cool if like someone's like i'm going to st louis because that's where you can see the eclipse that better. is really cool that's you know a, what I, cool I would be into that Let's i had do it. i had an eclipse on my birthday once um go. and it was i think part of it was red um, and that That's made cool. me feel very special like because love love, nobody gives yeah. a shit about my birthday because I'm, f I'm, well, I'm four days before Christmas. Yeah, so, you're fucked. and I'm part Jewish. So sometimes like Hanukkah falls on it oh, too, man. you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a good time of year, but it's a bad time of year for me. So yeah. And probably your loved ones are all annoyed because they're like, I gotta get, I gotta do all the shopping like right now. Yeah. And yeah. You're just a big nuisance. Well, really. nobody wants to have, a, nobody wants to go out for my birthday because it's, um, yeah. it's like holiday parties I'm and with stuff. My family. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody cares, but I'm just used to it. But that one year with yeah. the moon, I felt special. Like <laughs> maybe like, red yeah, moon. Yeah. Something moon cool. It was like, this is for you. I don't know if anything cool happened after that. I can't remember. Well, so that makes you, um, this is such a girl thing to say that makes you a, what if September 27th is are you tell, a, you tell me if you know about it and you know my personality a little bit you tell me what I am there's there's two things I'm between and I'm gonna go with Virgo Virgo what what's a Virgo what, what, what no I'm sorry Libra okay why Libra. tell me why Libra is um like even keeled like even okay. like very like even demeanor they're into balance yeah it's the scales like balance the scales right? yeah. Yeah, yeah and the yeah. other one i would it would be if it wasn't that i think is scorpio but that's later and you're definitely not a scorpio i'm definitely not a scorpio i definitely am a libra oh good yeah libras are like balanced see i know my charming shit. violently narcissistic they mm -hmm. can be mm -hmm. there's some bad stuff too I always love when people only tell you the good stuff of, of the sign. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. No, we're pretty and rich. It's like, well, you're also <laughs> fucking psychotic and no, but uh, yeah, I'm down with Libra. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I know I don't have anything. I know I don't have much else. No, no options to choose. Well, it's just a girl like yeah. thing, you know. What like are if, you? I'm Sagittarius. Okay. And I'm the very last day, so I'm on the cusp. And I think our compatibility is a volatile one. Well, is that right? I've looked it up. Do you up. know about volatility? I do. Okay. <laughs> My ex-husband was a Libra. Oh shit! Yeah, See what I mean? yeah. But you know, we made it for ten years. Yeah, so, so there you go. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a, it was there was a lot of volatility was there. Volatile? Well, I think my college girlfriend was that is Sagittarius that you yeah. said yeah there was a lot of up and down good fights though we had some really, I don't know if you did but we had some great fights we had good fights yeah. we had a, we had so many fights that we just decided to stop fighting That's you know better. yeah but you know it's the, the actually there is a compatibility there because I used to look up look you know look into it because yeah. girls are so into that like yeah. oh I can't date like no, like Scorpios are bad that's why I'm right, saying right. Um, like my mom always said don't date a Scorpio or don't marry one I don't know but um, I mean that's crazy that 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 really determines it. It is. I just don't. I don't believe in it mostly. You well, you're a guy, but I mean, guys don't ever buy into it. Why? Um, I think because it's just like a. It's 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 based on not science. Are we it's too rational? Probably. And, and, and I I don't mean, I I don't say that meaning the opposite of rational is irrational. I think. If we're rational, maybe women are more emotional and it maybe can work. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know that we put a lot into astrology. That's yeah. for sure. You know, so it's interesting <laughs> that I did meet you at a new moon birthday party. It I don't know what that means. Yeah, we'll have to research that we'll later. Have to research what that means. Yeah. New moon birthday party. Okay. But I've, I'm glad that you made it today because I've had, wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time. Thank you very much. Because I love to have comedians on the podcast, but because it's a sports podcast too, I... Um, 
you know, I w- they need to have some sort of a connection. I know. Athlete, er, comedians are just usually not very athletic. N- well, no. A lot of them aren't. And they're not on this podcast ever, yeah. by the yeah. way. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's harder to find. Uh, you know, it's not just comedians. It's sports personalities. Sure. Um, you know, I had an analyst once. Sure. That was really boring we talked about algorithms i would think um no it was a great it was a great one um and then like former athletes and stuff but you're both you're a comedian and a former athlete that's correct so that's why i've wanted to have you here we go yay perfect that's awesome uh i played professional tennis for four years but you know i people always laugh when i tell them my career high ranking in the world was 864 you know they always laugh and i was like well it is actually pretty good yeah because out of how many out of the world oh, you know, yeah out of, <laughs> out of how many tennis players i think they rank when i was playing they ranked like six or seven thousand tennis players okay but now they rank more than that i mean because it's just it's it's like a computer system where if you based off of points mm-hmm. and if you get one point you're you're ranked you're in the okay. system so uh but a lot of people are tied for like the last position. But yeah, I played tennis and I made $11,000 over four years. And I was like, I think I can make close to this doing comedy, which I may enjoy more. Yeah. And so then, I, then I realized you can't. You can only make around $10,000. Yeah, it's uh, but I would say to be good at both and to make a career out of both, it takes probably like some of the same skill sets as a, as a person. You know? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you and I would agree with you that you know, to be successful in anything, prob- you probably have some perseverance. You probably have some talent. You probably have some uh, understanding of the of the field you're in. However, comedy and tennis, I think, are very related. I mean, you're very alone. Mm-hmm. When you play singles, you are al- you are alone, and you are problem solving on your own. You right. Know? And stand up comedy very often can feel like that. Exactly the same thing. If it's going great. It's kind of easy, and when it's going hard, it is miserable. It's the worst it's, thing it's, in the world. It's the worst thing in the world, and and you have to stay there. Yeah, you can't leave. You can't leave. You can't rely on somebody else. They know it. You know, it's like when I would lose playing tennis, which I lost a lot because I was ranked 864. <laughs> it's like you got to keep going. Like yeah. you know, you're losing. Everyone who's watching knows that you're getting killed. Your opponent knows it, and you know. You can see like your opponent's coaches getting them ready for their next match because they've already looked past you. But it's just right. that's life. That's yeah. how it works. Do you so you think that playing tennis really prepared you to be so. a good comedian? Yeah, it prepares you. Be, being a high level athlete or even just any consistent athlete prepares you to deal with failure. Yeah, you that's, lose a lot. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on the podcast. Yeah. I talked about with um, a couple episodes ago how it does prepare you for that and to be tenacious and I related it to the first time I ever bombed because you know I didn't know it was going to happen sure, on stage sure. and what you just said when it was going so poorly I couldn't leave and no one even was like lighting me yet no. and I didn't know what to do but it was a great experience although I really don't want that to ever happen sure. you know sure again but it will well it did but <laughs> it did after that <laughs> it's a, but but you know what I mean but it's um but it's good because it I think you can take it you know you know, yeah. if, especially if you were an athlete and you went through that kind of growing up, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and as a young kid, you realize like, okay, I really wanted to win this tournament. I lost. I cried. I'm very upset, but it doesn't really matter. You just keep you to next day you wake up and go practice. Right. You know, with tennis, with it's kind of like swimmers. Um, although swimmers, nobody practices like swimmers. Oh my God. No, I know. It's just like, get out of the pool. You know? <laughs> they're like, they're always like their skin smells of chlorine. Or yeah. Everything. But with tennis, you lose, and then as soon as you kind of mature and get over it, you got to get back on the ten- on the tennis court and S- practice. So, how did you get into tennis in the first place? It was a family sport. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm the youngest of four kids, and I grew up. We would go down to the racket club, which sounds fancy. It does kind of sound it, fancy. It wasn't. It wasn't fancy. It was five hundred dollars a year for the family to join. You know, I hear these country clubs out here are like fifty grand, and it's just oh like, yeah. Why? So like, a racket club is not the same thing as like a yacht club. No, absolutely okay. not. Okay, yes, got it. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, there's no water near the, my, my <laughs> racket club. Um, but yeah, we would just ride our bikes down there and play tennis with the the family. And as the youngest of four. Uh, there was more resources available to me. Like my parents could get me lessons and whatnot. Right. The older siblings, they didn't have any money. 
So even if they showed aptitude for tennis, they were like, well, just go hit against the garage, you know, <laughs> whereas with me, it's, they were like, there was some coaching that was available and that really helped. Yeah. So it was a family. It still is. Our family still plays, which is cool. But you're the, but they must've seen something in you because obviously you got to that level. Yeah, I was, I had natural talent mm -hmm. for sure, but we all know in anything, natural talent gets you only so far. Yeah. So I had, I had some good coaches that helped me a lot. Now, if I lived in Florida or Southern California or some of the more traditional tennis, there would, there would have been better coaches. Right. It's not like Ann Arbor, Michigan has like the ki most killer <laughs> tennis coaches in the world. But I was fortunate enough that I could get some. And what, one thing that always happens when you're good as a junior, lots of times you get free coaching. Yeah. That happens to basketball and golf. and all. So I did get some free coaching. As oh, well. that's cool. Yeah, which was nice. So yeah. you played professionally for four years. Yeah. So what was that like? It sucks. Yeah. It fucking, can I swear? Yeah. 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 This is, yeah. It fucking sucks. Yeah. It's hard. Because you have to dedicate your life to it. Yeah, it's your it's your full time job, and your full time job is physically very demanding. Mm -hmm. You know, anybody who's like done landscaping for a day or done anything where you physically have to work, it just gets exhausting. Yeah, you know, um, you lose a lot. Mm -hmm. The only person that isn't losing every week is usually the number one player in the world. Right in tennis and sport, you just lose a lot. You make very little money. My first tournament ever was in Zihuatanejo, Mexico, which is where. If that sounds familiar, that's where Andy Dufresne escaped prison to in the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, my God. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. My God. I haven't seen that movie in like a decade. It's I don't a think. One. Yeah, it's really it's, good. Oh, it's, it's like every Sunday. Good reference. Yeah, good yeah. reference. So that was my first tournament. I lost first round. I made $111. You know, like my flight, hotel, all that shit. You know, so it's just it's really hard. Yeah. I mean, I guess it sounds a little bit like comedy in terms of how much you get paid. That it makes is. sense. You yeah, know, it is. And and. If you stick with it and you do have success, there's a lot of money at the end of it. Of course. You know, like com of course, comedy yeah. is the same. But yeah. But week after week when you're, you know, losing two grand, it starts to get pretty old pretty fast. Right. So when you were in it, at what point did you start to decide you were going to become a comedian? Because you kind of did that right after, right? Yeah. I, I had always written jokes as a form of calming myself down, which mm -hmm. seems funny. Even as a kid, I would go... During school, I hated school, but I would just have a little journal and I would write things that I thought were funny. I mean, you read them now, they're like not funny, but, <laughs> but I, thought, I thought they were at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I finished playing tennis. I, I ran out of money. I was offered the assistant coaching job at University of Michigan mm. for the men's team. So I did that for two years. And that finally, for the first time in a long time, put me like in the same city consistently right i was always traveling i never could really like form friends or you know go to a weekly show or whatever so finally i was in ann arbor and i started going to this open mic and i forget where i read it but somebody said you know you don't get inspired by great comics you get inspired by like really pretty crappy comedy mm -hmm. and you're like i know i can do that yes you know it's like oh that that person's getting laughs that that's terrible so I was watching and I was like, I know I can do that. So then I went up with my sister. I got drunk before and uh, here we are. Now I'm living the dream. <laughs> Shannon's apartment recording a podcast. <laughs> well, to be fair, this is a house. So that, Shit. so that, well, that makes it better for you. It does. You know, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, it is a Being house. a part of my podcast, sitting on my couch. Um, also, I've never heard that saying before. But that's I, that saying makes me feel a lot better because that's exactly yeah. why I started doing comedy. Yeah. Too, yeah. because I went to a show yeah. and it was so shitty and it was so bad and I was presenting a lot in my corporate job and yeah. I remember I'd always wanted to do comedy but I just I wasn't there yet yeah. and I just was like man there's no transitions yeah. I mean you're going from talking about sex to like now Taco Bell like right, I don't I'm right, not right. with you you know right, right. and and just certain things that I'm like man if I could do that I would watch comedians and say like I hate to say like I can be better than you yeah but but by a year from that day I was running that sh actual show. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, unfortunately, comedy, unlike tennis, people watch comedy and they immediately compare, compare it to like their own skills and they mm -hmm. go like, I know. I know I can do that or this guy sucks. And, and the default is usually this person sucks. You know, that's yeah. like where you're going to go no matter what. I don't think too many people are watching professional tennis players and go like, this guy sucks. I could do that better than that. It, no. It's pretty rare. No. Maybe a little bit. Maybe like del delusional fans. But um, uh, but yes, but 
I, I, yeah, I think it was Paul Reiser that may have said that. Like, you get inspired by, you know, seeing someone be average. But <laughs> that uh, makes me, that actually makes me feel better because I always thought that was kind of a bad reason to start. No, like, I don't think it is. I could be better than the shittiest person. I mean, watching a master is is fun but it's not inspiring it's not it, it doesn't because it, it's just you're so far away from that it also makes me feel like i'm just never gonna be exactly. that good ever in my whole life yeah. and yeah. i then i think i suck yeah of course <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. in fact I, I had that moment yesterday when i was watching bill burr and yeah. i was like i'm just never gonna be good yeah. i mean i but i'll never quit either you yeah. know bill is very frustrating to watch really for for all of the good reasons that it's like watching, in my opinion, you know, it's like watching somebody who's a, a, a master samurai and you're just like learning the basics of whatever samurais do karate, karate <laughs> um, sword making swords, swords yeah swords so uh <laughs> he can be frustrating that way but if you can kind of adjust your attitude towards anyone you that you know that is a master at their craft and just go like okay is there anything easy that i can take away from that that'll help me you know? yeah. yeah yeah and i guess that's i mean and again it's it's comedy is so hard because it's such a mind fuck you know yeah, yeah. um but I always attribute it to like being an athlete and I get to talk about it a lot on the podcast with different people sure. just going how how like going back to when I was younger it's like a similar feeling in a way like if I'm up to bat like my big um, sport with softball yeah. and if I'm up to bat and I you know everybody's counting on me and I like strike out it's like the worst feeling sure. I feel like shit and then everyone hates me for like you know an hour and then yeah. and no one remembers again and the next day you know and the you next wake day up. if you hit a double when you need it it's like you're the hero yeah yeah I mean you need to be a little bit stupid to be <laughs> successful in both sport and art in the sense that you need to just kind of eliminate a memory w w attached to a result both mm -hmm. if you have like a great outcome or a terrible outcome it's like feel it take it but then don't attach too much like memory to it just yeah. just keep going yeah because you can also get cocky yeah if you kick ass you get cocky and then that's like death for comedy oh totally yeah. and you know and i think it's well just me personally i think it's hard to be cocky because you can have the best show ever but it's so fleeting so fleeting you know i actually i was fortunate recently i was sitting down at this restaurant and i sat next to this girl and she um ended up being robin williams daughter okay and i, I didn't know who she was but she kept talking to me in that way where she's saying you have to have other things you can't just have comedy you have to have other interests yeah. um if you have an athletic background like even she said that she's like my father was a you know he used to bike for 30 miles yep. and um he and i was like oh cool who is your dad and she was like robin williams i'm like oh okay cool I like that's him. that's like the best one i've ever <laughs> yeah, heard yeah. of you know <laughs> i got like all weird after that but well in a way where i just wanted to like be best friends with yeah. this girl because yeah. she's also it was very insightful but yeah. but understanding that that that's one of the first people I talked to I think where I really had that conversation about like athleticism and it was not even you know yeah. on the in this context but yeah. I it was so insightful because I feel like a lot of times even just like regular people in your life like friends and family significant others like have no idea what is going on in your brain and yeah. they're usually the people too that i'll be like oh i thought of something funny that could make your bit funnier and i'm like you're not yeah. a fucking comedian so shut up shut the fuck up about yeah that. at the comedy store here in, in hollywood oftentimes i'll be you know i'm very lucky they'll put my name up on the marquee and i'll do my spot and it'll go well and then as I'm leaving, they're taking they're taking my name down, and it's just very like it always is humbling because it's always like no matter what you did, yeah, good or bad, sometimes they go terrible, yeah, they're taking your name down, yeah. So fucking just don't take it for what it's worth. It's right it's, to tie it into sport. You'll love this, Shannon. To tie it into sport, on center court of Wimbledon, which I've never played mm -hmm. and have never even walked onto the court because they only let you do that if you're a player. But they have a quote when you walk in. That's a quote from a Rudyard Kipling poem. Do I know the name of the poem? I don't. But it says, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters the same. So as you walk into center court Wimbledon, it's literally like you're going to meet with success and you're going to meet failure and you're going to treat them both the same. And I just think that's like yeah. a great a great lesson for all of us to learn. It is. Uh, you know We're what? We're getting deep right now. It is very, well, you know, we get deep on yeah, this. I yeah. would say, I would, I even want to market it as like balls deep because, you know, sure. get it, nice, like playing nice. with balls. But then I feel <laughs> like that one little term would then make it sound like I'm like right. a porn star. You right. know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. it's already a little suggestive. That'd be an interesting guest to have. A porn star? Yeah. Somebody had once suggested <laughs> that. I don't, I actually met a, 
You probably don't want them sitting on your couch. I'm, yeah, no. <laughs> well, luckily, we normally don't do it on my couch anyway, okay. so that's fine. There we go. Um, but yeah, I probably wouldn't even do it in my house. I do it in a weird location, so they didn't know where I lived. But it's I a rubber studio, like, <laughs> you need a rubber studio. <laughs> like um, yeah, sanitize everything, <laughs> like my microphone. I actually just performed on Saturday with the first porn star comedian that I'd ever met. Oh, interesting. And she talked. She was very graphic oh, and talked a lot about. It just made me think of that. And it made me cringe a little because it was like, how's the audience going to respond? Because it made me feel uncomfortable. Sure. But then some of it worked. Was it good? Yeah. It, it was I a mean, who's a, what's a porn star? What's a porn actress? We always just say star. Yeah. Which is pretty funny. Yeah. Because they're not all stars. I mean. No. And even she said she wasn't. She said she's yeah. probably a C plus um, porn porn person. I don't yeah. know how that works. What like was a, your name? Do you remember? I don't. Yeah, it's always, I, I it's always fun to meet him in real life and then Google him and just watch him like taking like eight dicks at the same time. Yeah. It's like, well, oh, this is the person I had a nice coffee with. Well, I did. I talked to her afterwards and she was very pleasant. You very, know? Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say all of them, but they I've watched porn being filmed live. You before. have? I have. And it's it wasn't. Well, I was actually playing a tennis tournament when this happened. And this I was sounds like an interesting story. It, was, it is an interesting story. I'll tell it to you briefly. Do I, may, I, may I share it with you? Please. It's a good story. I was playing. It ties a lot of things together. I was playing a um, professional tennis tournament in Malibu at Pepperdine University. Mm -hmm. I was probably, I don't know, 380 in the world in doubles at the time. And I was playing with a player, with South African doubles player named Raven Klassen, who's now... 12 in the world in doubles, okay? He played the Australian Open final. Hey, Raven, how you doing, buddy? He's a big listener to yours. Of oh, show. good. I'm yeah, so yeah, excited. So, so we're staying at this house with this family because that's what you do in tennis sometimes. You don't have any money. Mm -hmm. They put you up. You stay with them. They're nice homes. Right. And it was dark out, and there was this huge house with lights across the valley, and the woman we're staying with says, you know, they shoot porn over there. And we're like, oh, my God, that's, you know, that's so gross. And we're like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so the next day we drove over there just to, like, park the car and, like, see what what can we see. Right. Of yeah, of course. Two dudes on the road. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, like, two super old cheesy Corvettes in the driveway. Of oh, course. my God. It's, like, perfect. Of course. <laughs> and we looked. Was there down a van? Yeah. Too? Exactly. <laughs> and we looked down and they were. Shooting up, shooting at porn. It was like totally legit. You could see it. You could see it. This guy was uh, like jerking off on this girl's face. Sorry, I don't know how graphic we're supposed to get on here. And what was amazing about watching it was in the background, there's like a PA making coffee. There's, you know, there's like the the crafts table. I mean, it was just so. It's their, they have a crafts table. I think so. Yeah, arts and crafts. <laughs> I think there's. Like they treat it like truly like a profession, you know, well, which you have to. Yeah. I mean, there's so much money in porn and it's it's kind I of, guess. I Is guess. There? Well, I mean, in the industry, in the industry, I, I, heard, uh, I heard men make fifteen hundred a scene. Well, I have. Oh, you, you can tell. I've yeah, I was going to say, wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's it's not bad. No, that's not bad. Because how bad. long is a scene? Well, like, I don't know. I mean, let's be honest. How long is someone watching a scene? How, yeah. You know, they cater to the audience, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, that is exactly right. But also with the internet and amateur stuff, I don't know. I'm just making this up. You know a lot. No, You're the expert, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it seems like it, it would be a harder industry to be in now because there's so much saturation, if you I will, mean, not to be gross. Yes. <laughs> there's so much moisture, so to speak. But you know what? Yes, I, it would be hard to be in porn right now. I think it would be weird... I think it would be weird to, to watch like w the, the scene you just described. What was weird to me about that whole thing was that <laughs> two grown men were watching it together. Well, that is, that was weird, and that Can you I could, do that? yeah, of course, yeah. you could see it. Yeah, put your feet up. Yeah, um, you could see what was going on like without like security, yeah. but also that like somebody is taking a money shot to the face while like a PA is just like getting Dude, coffee. Like I, that's just a normal day. Days work. I didn't want to say money shot on your on your podcast. I felt like I already took this into a dirty space. <laughs> but yeah, there was the action is happening, and then there's like a woman over there that's like, "Don't forget to sign your contract." You know what I mean? Like or whatever. It's like as the lady is like, "I can't see for I a can't minute. See, I can't see. <laughs> can you sign for me? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a job. Uh, I'm sure they enjoy their job. Some of them, I'm sure some of them don't. But the ones that are really good at it, you know, are professionals. Yeah. But this woman's doing comedy now, which is just hilarious. She's doing both. Oh, and I think she had to leave right after because she was like some joke about like 
a gangbang or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But she also talked like very real. How's her body? Nice. Good it was body? good body. Good, good body. body. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, she's muscular and stuff. I nice. mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the things she was talking about too was like she was very graphic about sex in a way that. But I guess she she got away with it because I think if I did that, it would be hard for me to be that graphic yeah. and I, I wouldn't want to because that's yeah. just not my my shtick but yeah. like yeah. but the there's no mystery with a porn star do you know what i mean like talking no. about sex no. so i guess they can just kind of go for it so to speak and she was very honest on stage about stuff yeah i mean <laughs> stuff there, stuff there mm-hmm. yeah she's not playing hard to get like she's no. getting got you know yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. just talk about it yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. i mean she, she's got balls to be doing porn Ballsy. in the She's very ballsy, She's ballsy to do to do porn in the first place, and um, I like all ball references. Yeah, you know what and I mean? yeah, it's, she is ballsy, probably also because a lot of balls have been on her. But anyways, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, Zing I like zong, that. Zing well, that's zong. how we started talking about it because yes. you know the whole balls deep thing, playing yep. with balls or whatever. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but I liked that little porn shortcut. Yeah, but I do have to say in closing that I I could I don't know what her future career, how successful she could be in comedy with that leading with that you know um but i don't know i think there's a place for everybody if they can figure it out you know yeah and and this is such comedy is such a journey you know Mm -hmm. and you got to write to what you know and you got to write about your life experiences and if she's doing porn right now then then it's probably as easy as for her to write about that but the the what i see with the problem with porn men and women is it's like modeling in the sense that like how long are you going to do this? At -hmm. some point, this shit is over and people do not want to look at you. And so the smart ones, and she's probably smart, she's trying to find something else that she's trying, you know, even like That doesn't pay a lot. That doesn't doesn't (laughs) pay a lot that that makes you feel, yeah, have no self-worth. Yeah. Uh, But the people, the porn stars and the models that are like actively pursuing other interests, I think is really smart. Yeah. And guess comedians too, but but just because it's like, those re- those jobs are so reliant on physical appearance. Yeah. That's tough. That f- that, that's fleeting. It is tough. And also, I saw this... Re- it makes me think about this really sad documentary I saw not that long ago about... <laughs> so many good sad ones these days. I know. Yeah, yeah. I actually just saw the, my, the best one I probably have ever seen, what which is that? I Am Not Your Negro. Fucking amazing. What? I haven't seen that one. It is so good. Is that, is that the Olympic one? The um, Olympics? No. No. And I'm embarrassed because I forget his name. Okay. But he was, he was um, Baldwin. Uh, okay. I think his name was Baldwin. Okay. And um, he was like um, an advocate with Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. He just didn't get killed. Wow. Basically, he okay. wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't as much of a figurehead yeah. in that yeah. way. Um, but that documentary for me, I mean, I'm just getting off on a tangent, but I just, it. it's, I, I've thought about life differently in like the last week. I'm not even kidding. A good documentary will do that. It's so good yeah. because it, it, it goes through the history of racism in America and it's actually more about segregation. Um, and, but the way that it, um, it illustrates it it's not like your typical documentary about race where it's like black people against white people white people against black people it's more about um the the way that people tried to like the kennedys and everybody um tried to explain to people like racism is getting better we will probably have Mm -hmm. a black president in 40 years and then this guy was saying well how the fuck is that good 40 years that doesn't mean race like like racial tensions are getting any better but the way that he kind of showed that was awesome but he also said at the end uh, he also makes me really believe that um the kennedys killed um, Martin Luther King and Malcolm oh, X. I mean, that's just my, my personal takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the end, <laughs> he is, there's a little conspiracy the- yeah. theory stuff going on in there. The very end, he says, if white people can think about why it was very important for them to have slaves that were black, African-American in the first place, yeah. and just ask themselves why, yeah. then the future of racism will be completely... Yeah, why didn't we just slave like the Irish or something. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just picked the Irish because I don't potato know. Potato famine? Yeah, or potato famine. Well, I mean, we did treat Im- Im- white immigrants very poorly when yep. they came over, but we didn't fucking enslave them. No. Yeah. I mean, no. I mean, an Irish. They- I say we. Shannon and I have enslaved nobody. <laughs> no. The ancestors of white people. Yeah. The ancestors. But that's, yeah. but I think this is a, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get a little angry when I hear certain people talk and say like white people this and white people think that. And I'm like, well, again, 
for the same reason. Well, I wasn't around during yeah. this time. I didn't make those yeah. decisions. Yeah. And I think people should be treated equally. Yeah. And I'm just trying to understand it and be a part of the solution, sure. not a part of the fucking problem. Sure. And this, for once, this documentary, yeah. I think, is a part of the solution. Cool. In the way that it... I'll have to look at it's it. It's really good. I'll have to look Watch at it. Watch it. Okay. Um, and, but anyways, in the end, it asked your, you to ask... That whole question, the way he laid it out, I'm not doing a, the greatest job of it, to ask yourself why. Yeah. I have thought about a lot of things, even with just like the, why I react to certain things or I've, I've applied it to my life since then. Cause I had a lot of time on an airplane cause I was, yep. you know, in London yep. and I'm, I'm <laughs> like, you know, it always just comes back to that very simple question. Like, why is this a problem? Just ask yourself why, or have yeah. the person get to the root of the issue. But the way that he says it made me really just, it's like the answer is always right in front of your face kind yeah. of a thing. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's, that's what I love about documentaries. You know, very rarely do you go see a film and that that's a feature film you know it's in the movie theater and you really start asking serious questions about yourself or your character right. or the way your family raised you or your race or gender but documentaries especially when well done they really get you a window into your brain and what you're thinking yeah. and how you're feeling i mean it's like all those murder docu-series were so hot for a while and, yep. and they still are but like making a murderer you know all of a sudden like privileged people such as myself and i say privileged because i have two parents that love me and we had a roof over our head and life was pretty predictable but like all of a sudden i'm questioning the american legal system mm -hmm. and it's like oh shit like i never w ever would have thought like why is our why is our justice system so screwed up you know and it's like it's yeah. this silly thing i'm watching who is someone's life but for me it's like i'm sitting at home in my slippers and christmas <laughs> break watching it but documentaries are the shit man and yeah. they don't make any money i wish i wish the documentary filmmakers would make more money but. i know and you know what D to that point like the justice system and not to get too deep into that but that's a huge problem hell yeah so, like it's a, a huge problem a, a social problem a lot of the product of crime is the problem yeah. Yeah. we don't give enough to education because we yeah. give too much to the jail system people aren't even you know i i i walked on death row in san quentin um Did you? as part of a leadership course not but okay. not because i got in you trouble or anything you weren't pardoned by one of the presidents and, the, and that's why you're alive and well no, no. and okay. um and i'm not psychotic yeah. at least well i'm a sagittarius so maybe there i'm like go. a little yeah. you yeah. know crazy yeah. but um no for some leadership class i was in which also taught me a lot about the justice system and um and it and to see their facilities they're like really nice a lot of people i learned don't even leave prison because they don't ha can't get a job yeah. so they just stay there they so stay we're there. paying for them yep. and nobody in the state of california has been executed even though we are a die by like a what am i trying to say execution state death penalty death penalty that's what i'm yes yeah. thank you yep. <laughs> a die by dying die by death <laughs> Um, you shall die by death. <laughs> we haven't executed anybody since like the 70s. Dude, the death penalty shit. I know we're not talking about sports. It's so dumb. It's like, let's either do it or or eliminate it. Yeah. It's like now we have it, but all you have, you just appeal it to death and we're paying. It's like, well, then let's just fucking kill them. If that's what we if that's yes. what we as voters decide. Yes. Or let's just eliminate. It's such a silly, silly, it's silly so thing. confusing. The legal system for that yeah. is because they keep appealing it and exactly. then appealing Forever. it, appealing it. And then you're paying for this person to yeah. live in prison. I know. So let's just stop pretending like anybody's going to die here. I know. You know, I know. So yeah, that's how if I. If you want them dead, tell me. You know what I mean. I'll I'll go kill somebody. You know, <laughs> well, you will. You know, you do a, a bit that I um saw that you did at my basement comedy show. Sure. Fun, um, fun I like show. to drop the basement comedy because they are a sponsor of the oh, podcast. It's a fun show at the basement in the Victorian um, on Main Street. Great drinks. You always get a nice little gift bag from Shannon. You. Uh, there's always like, yeah, I use my Starbucks gift card, the thermos, my journal. Oh Come yeah, on. that's a nice journal, it's isn't nice it? Journal. I got one. Of, I got myself one too because it fits in your pocket, it's you perfect. know. Perfect. Well, to be fair, you know what I've learned though about having a nice journal. What you still have to write the jokes in it. Yeah, ah, yeah, that's, that's annoying. It's so annoying. Well, and I I already lost mine because it's so small. Yeah. That I, and I have like a lot of things yeah. and I. Um, I'm a little disorganized sometimes, so I don't even know where it is because it's too small. But um, you did a bit. This is my one-year anniversary show. So to be fair, yeah. I don't actually do gift bags for the for the other shows. Right, but there's usually a drink coupon in there, and drink the drinks coupon. are very delicious. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We um, we want to pay people more, but we need to get paid more. So no, that's, that's a whole other story for another day. Yes. <laughs> but you did a you did a bit that I really liked about killing people, just because we're talking about it. I don't know why it made me think was of this, that. Was this killing the spouse? Yes. Yeah. 
I think that is, yeah. I, but I think when I'm talking earlier about like, it's very hard to like go to that level of like, maybe if you're a porn star and go to that like sick level yeah. of, I mean, like not saying you're sick or anything, but like you, I think you're more likely to kill someone than me, I guess is my point, okay, just based on the bit I heard. Yeah. But I no, but I think that it's, it's a hard, um, it's hard to go that far and, and make it so good. And yeah. that's probably, I haven't seen you do a ton of stand up, but sure. like, that's the, probably the best bit I've ever heard you oh, do. Thank you very much. I thought it was so, and, the, and our audience was like, they seem to lost like their it. mind. Yeah. It, it is kind of dark, but basically the joke is, did I, did I offend you in saying that? I was trying to compliment not you. At all. Okay, good. No, 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 no. Proceed. No, no, no. no. You <laughs> d- <laughs> I heard the good stuff okay, and, okay. and have already repressed the bad stuff. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, any joke that truly resonates with people is somehow based on speaking the truth. Right. Right. Because that's what people really are like. Yes. You know. And so for me doing a joke that the reason you kill your spouse isn't because you hate them. It's because you you actually love them so much. And the thought of losing them is why you murder them. Right. But then I get kind of graphic about like how to kill her and like putting your arms around her neck and making her look at you as you suffocate her. But... (laughs) That's more just joke writing. But why are people laughing at that? Because they felt the same fucking thing. Oh, yeah. The, the, the difference between most of us and a killer is we're not, I'm not going to execute anybody. Of course. But, but the reason now, what, what's always hard when you try to write stuff that's quote unquote speaking the truth and I'm, is you miss. Lots of times you miss. Yeah. And lots of times you say this terrible thing into a microphone and no one's laughing and you're like, oh, this isn't really working. And it's like, okay, I, I went for it, but whatever. But yeah. that one is, is a joke that people seem to be resonating with. It is because it's like you going for it and it could totally fall flat. But when it works, it's like right at that line. So yeah. that's the best comedy. Yeah. Well, that's what Bill does so well. But I know. But he, he challenges you, but he also gets you laughing at it. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you just hate somebody, you just break <laughs> up with them. But yeah. if you love them... And you, you you envision them with someone else. That's why you murder them. And that's what the reason why, as an audience member, it's the truth. Because as an audience member, I think that's what the reason why that bit was so good is because it draws out something. Comedy needs to be, in many cases, just really funny or relatable. Hopefully both, right? Yeah, right. It's super relatable, but it's not a relatable in an everyday kind of way. It's like you're deep down, like everybody's had that. Yeah. You know, like my ex-husband. I used to, <laughs> I used to check in with myself. I'm not kidding. I used to yeah. do this, and I never thought about it until you did that bit and then yeah. i'm like i totally thought yeah. you used to think if he died but i didn't kill him he just died yeah um how like, sad would i be yeah. on like a scale I, this is a sick game i used to play with myself yeah i mean that that's that's okay like ev- everyone's thought that and, yeah. and everyone's thought my friend peter berman who's a comic had a joke about how he used to wish when he would fly with his wife and I'm Peter, my respects, I'm doing the joke poorly, but it's mm-hmm. like, I hope this plane crashes and she dies and I don't, you know what I was mm-hmm. like? It's like, it's okay. Those are human thoughts. And maybe you hearing them from me, maybe loosens the valve a little bit and the right. pressure gets released and you don't actually punch your wife or whatever. Right. By the way, this, this isn't just a male, as you can tell, it's not just a male killing a wife thing. No. The, the, just as many Lifetime movies are the wife killing the husband. That's you know? what all yeah. of it is, yeah, actually. No, that's that's the, the only premise. And um, Brian Callen also does a joke about a plane crash and okay. the moment where you get the insurance check for your loved ones that are lost and you're like well am i really that sad you know i did love her but But it's like i'm really rich now but um actually that's funny one of my uh interviews with um, jenna brister i don't know if you know her um she was just getting back into comedy because she took a time off to write a lifetime movie and we talked a lot about (laughs) it so that's how she said it all it is 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 women killing men stuff right right. um that's literally all that it is and and, and why is that that's because lifetime's audience of women sits at home and is like i can watch this i'm not going to kill my husband but i can watch this and relate right or enjoy it yeah yeah i i think it's like a guilty pleasure sometimes (laughs) and i also think that they invented the lorno but we're looking into that. She still hasn't gone back to me on that, which is like lifetime porno. Oh god! You know how like porno. you know how like um, Showtime does like Skinamax. Yeah, it's like that, but got on it. like Lifetime movies. Except I don't know if you know this. I hate to be a jerk and point it out. Showtime does Skinamax because Cinemax used to show porn so it's not like well you are the expert yeah so. i'm the expert on yeah this. why do i, I actually <laughs> am the expert on this stuff. 
Yeah, Cinemax would always go a little further. Yeah. And then Showtime now just does like, to- is it just like topless? And it's always like missionary, but you never see anything like below the waist. It's I always, very funny. I mean, I, I've tried to watch it, to yeah. be honest. And I think it's so, it's it's insulting. It's hard to even jerk off to. It's, it's not. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, I can yeah. imagine because I, <laughs> I think it's insulting because it's not real. Yeah. And so it's like, we're not dumb. We know nothing's happening. Stop like playing it safe. Yeah. Just, just have the hardcore shit. Let's either kill this guy or let's not have the death penalty. Be- exactly. Yeah. You know oh, I mean? that's a great reference. Yeah. Great yeah. callback. You yeah. know why? Because um, Shannon's pointing at the television. Yeah. To, for you and <laughs> yeah. all the people that can see me. Because yeah. Showtime ha- will have movies where there's much more graphic sex scenes in the movies. Yeah. So why can't they just do that? You know? Yeah. They show basic instinct or they show like fatal attraction, really like garbage, not garbage, but like violent sex scenes yeah. or violence. Yeah. So we know I agree. It is funny. It's, you know, do you know Jody Miller? The yes. Com- yeah, she's written some of those. You really? Should, you should have Jody on. I don't know. This is sports. This is sports related, but I did a pilot for um, Comedy Central years ago, and we. Why did we have Jody on? It was something about like people with a weird profession or something, and mm-hmm. she she's written a Showtime, one of those things, and we she came over. And we we read it and then we we used our words. It was very funny, but like like a they, like a Skinamax. What's it called for Showtime? Skinamax. Sh- sh- uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, poor man's Cinemax. Poor man's. Yeah. Uh, I can yeah I can barely jerk off to this Showtime. <laughs> but no, it's it. You should check it. It's very funny reading reading the scripts because they're right reading the. The scripts are just hilarious. Well, I mean, they ha- are they like? Do you think they're like a step up from like a porn script? Because porn scripts are pretty are there, terrible. Are there porn scripts. I will tell you one thing. I, I know I'm supposed to know the answer to this. But, yeah, I know. I don't. Or is it like, we're, you're going to come in. I just make up answers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're going to come in and you guys had a tennis lesson and then you're going to fuck. Or, or is it like actually like in final draft, they've written the script. I think they have, they have dialogue. I mean, yeah. it's, it's almost like I feel like, I, I don't know why I have thought about this too, but I think they... <laughs> they act out their lines poorly because it's like they're too embarrassed to be good actors yeah, and good then actors. start having sex or be, start doing like dirty, you know, if it's like especially like a like a like a fetish porn or something. But I wait, what were we talking about? We're talking about scripts of I lost myself at yeah, fetish at porn. Fetish yeah, porn. I think porn stars, I think pornos are probably more likely to have choreography yeah. Then well, it's all about the shots. Yeah. Right? But also, you know what? I, I've, I learned something. This was my point. Um, I learned something um, like you would from a documentary from a porn once. Okay. I, um, like a move or something? My, no, no. Um, I learned that the reason that pizza isn't good on the West Coast versus the East Coast is because of the water. Well, that's what that's what people have said. But what porn were you watching where they're talking about? They had this? sex in a pizza shop. <laughs> <laughs> and he talked about. I don't know if that's fucking true, though. I've heard that before. But, you know, it's it, if you think about it, like I'm from the East Coast, right? Yeah, I'm from yeah. the Philadelphia area. And yeah. pizza is so good there. Yeah. And I always couldn't understand when I moved out to the West Coast why the crust was different. Like, it's like something's yeah. off. It's the bread. It's we can't have make the same bread. Yeah, which I think the argument there is but either the water you use for the bread or the humidity of the air or something. It's a combination of the things. The bread doesn't rise or blah, blah, blah. But it's a combination of things. I, I do. It, it is true because they, they don't have great pizza out here. No. And it's also why like San Francisco has sourdough. Yeah. But we can't make that on yeah. the East Coast. Yeah. And I learned that from a porn. From a porn. <laughs> I mean, and you know why I didn't know that prior was because I just didn't care. Because they were fucking in a bakery? In a one? pizza shop. In a pizza shop. Yeah. yeah and yeah. It, I watched it and it was like this whole like story in the beginning. And this is my only. That's funny. Yeah. So I, in that case, they, it was educational. Yeah. And I always now know when people say, why you can't we get like cheesesteaks out here? And I'm like, well, they don't know what they're doing, but the bread is wrong. Yeah. You, can't, you can't get the right bread. Edu. Edu porn. Edu porn. Yeah. Porn. Pornication. That's a pornication. I like that better. Um, they um like Californication. Yeah. 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 There. There should be. There could be like a market for that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I wanted to um talk about with your comedy though. I don't know. Um, well, I'm going to tell you. Please. Um, because you know we've given porn a lot of airtime <laughs> yes, here. Have. So, um, <laughs> you have an album called. Uh, comedy for attractive people. That's right. Right. Yeah. And I. You're only going to like it if you're an attractive person. So if you don't, if you're ugly, don't listen to it because you won't get it. <laughs> so do you think that um, 
90% of your audiences, do they like that when you say that? They just laugh anyway? Because it's that's not relatable, but it's still funny. It's definitely not relatable. Um, it's arrogant, you know, and that, that can be funny. Um, it's kind of like the killing the spouse joke in the sense that... Uh, I couldn't do that if I looked like a murderer, probably. No. You know, but I look like... You could do murder jokes, though. So. Yeah, I could. Well, no, but they would be, oh, they, yeah. would, they would truly feel like he, he may kill his wife. Or right. Or may kill his... Okay. You know. But my look allows me the, the freedom to, like, make a joke because they're like, no, we, we trust this guy. He looks like our, like, accountant or whatever. You know <laughs> what I mean? But um, comedy for attractive people, that's a joke, obviously. Um Obviously, you know, comedy can't be tied into. Um, they're just not. They're not related. Now, right. That being said, uh, I look a certain way. Uh, I should honor that, and I should talk about that. And mm -hmm. it's a funny thing, and it makes people laugh. So that's why I say it. Well, I like it because I think um, a, a couple things. Someone once told me figure out how people are going to judge you before you go on the stage and then use it against them. Of course. And that's probably a perfect example exactly. of doing that. That's kind of why I wrote it because it was like, it's, and I want to hear the second reason, but I'll, I'll interrupt first. I got so tired of every introduction being, you know, and the, uh, women have it way worse than men with this, but it was like, Hey, he's a real good looking guy. Let's give it up for boom. And it was like, how about how about comedy credit? Or people would come up to me after the show and go, "Man, we never see a handsome comic." And I'd be like, well, "What about a funny comic?" You know. But I'm not like mad about it. But right. I just I took it and I was like, "Let's write a joke that mocks kind of attraction and comedy." It's good because yeah. I mean, this sounds like a completely arrogant conversation because I go. I feel as if I suffer from the same problem because yeah. I'm not like a terrible looking person, you no. know. Yeah. Um. And so like it's the, harder for women too because women are already judging the shit out of you guys when you get up there. Well, so I was just gonna say yeah. along the lines of, and I guess this feeds into my second reason when. I have a, a couple examples like this one show I always do and I actually had to ask him to stop introducing me yeah. as like she's gorgeous and you're going to yeah. love her yeah. because people always hate me yeah. when I get up there before <laughs> I've said one word yeah. and it's not like oh she's pretty and funny yeah. it's like fuck yeah. her yeah. you know and it doesn't help and it's not important it doesn't help I, I've gone back and forth on this a lot in mm -hmm. my career and the, the bottom line is two things one no matter what, you have to be funny. Okay? Yeah, yeah of course. Okay? And number two is you're always going to look or be put in a box of something. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're the fat comic, if you're the black comic, if you're tall, if you're, you know, whatever. And so I used to get bummed about it. It's that kind of when I wrote that joke, it was a little bit more. That was like many years ago. And now I'm like, if, I, if that's the guy I am to some of these people... And they, then let's just like acknowledge it for 30 seconds and then I'm going to do the rest of my jokes, whatever the fuck I want. Killing yeah. a spouse, gun control, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Tim Wilson who plays uh, in Back to the Future. Who's he played? Biff or whatever. The, yeah, that's know? my um, favorite movie. Back to the Future 2 yeah, is my favorite Back movie. Yeah, Biff Tannen. So he like comes on stage. He's a comedian. When, when, he, does, when yeah. he does stand up, he sings a song about being in Back to the Future and then he puts the guitar away and he's like, now I'm just going to do the stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. I'm going to do the thing and then I'm done. So, look, there may be a time, and let's hope it's no time soon, there may be a time when comics stop bringing you up as she's pretty and gorgeous and then you're going, well, what the fuck, you know, what happened to me? Yeah, what the fuck? It's like when women complain about being catcalled, I'm like, that does suck. I go, and there may be a time when you stop getting catcalled and then what? Like, I, you know, it's always like, you know, anyways, yeah. we're not getting into feminism issues right now, but anyways, <laughs> it was just like, that's hey, a, that's another podcast. That's another podcast, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure there's a million podcasts on it. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I see what you're saying, and, and but I think it's just a good because you know we talk about comedy a lot, and it's just a, I love to like dissect the dynamics of sure. it with different people. Sure. And so you have an, a, a dynamic in the title sure. that I think is something like a lot of people, and I know myself, yeah. struggle with because it's like well. I can't do these jokes that I watch other people do that it's like, oh, I look like I yeah. like I look like shit or whatever. No, I don't know. You I, own an iron. <laughs> it's a terrible you, example. You, know, you own an iron. You take care of the way you look. That's how that's how you want. That's how you want to be. That's how you were raised. That's the same for me. I mean, I, I've, I've written a lot of jokes unsuccessfully, but a lot of jokes about how I don't have a beard. Okay, because mm -hmm. like, why would I cover this up? You know, but it just it gets a little too cocky. So yeah, so you have I, to be careful. I got to be careful with it. So I'm like trying to figure it out. But 
I'm making fun of the fact that every comic, to me, more or less, especially on the east side, they all fucking look the same. They got this giant beer. They're overweight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I went to the gym today. What do you want me to fuck? You know, like even that, women. That's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyways, it's all jokes. But and you need to always be funny. And but I do love with that joke and naming the album that we talked about this a lot. My manager and I, it was like the I always heard the criticism of like, oh, you mean the guy that you know like the good looking comic or the good looking, it's just like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna name my album that that's good and now you can't fucking say it so anyway i like it i hope you enjoy the album i i um i will listen to it i haven't but i'm sure i've heard some of the <laughs> I, bits. I was i was talking to the uh um, to, to the listeners oh to yeah. the people yeah. okay yeah. yeah um well i i will plug it again and Please. i will in my social medias too i think it's i think if you just go to comedy for attractive people all spelled out dot com you're in and that's yeah. pretty easy to spell easy. in general, yeah, exactly. you know. It's an easy spelling. Well, well, my second reason was just going to be because when I tell people I'm a comedian, yeah. I always get the same thing. And I, I know it's like, oh, woe is me. But it's like, no, you're too pretty to be a comedian. That's yeah. like not one and the same. And it's like you can't be. That's changing, I hope. I think so. I, think I mean. I, th- I think it, that's a pretty old school thing. I don't feel like it holds me back. I And yeah. so I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying it's something that annoys me. Yeah. And, and it, it should. Yeah. But. You're always going to get painted in, with some brush, you know, and but I think that's changing. I mean, it's yeah. not it's kind of that's so old to think like you got to be like schlubby <laughs> fat guy to be funny. I yeah. mean, you know, it's like it's like Kevin Hart's the maybe most financially successful comic. Like, is he a, is he an ugly dude? No, he's short. No. But he works with what he has physically, both good and he bad. Can, he could, like, play a hot guy, of though. Of course he can. Yeah, you know? I mean, and he kind of played, like, a that sort yeah, of. Yeah, like, I think that's just an old mindset that's that's changing. And, yeah. You know, well, yeah. I like that you I like that you, you do, do what that saying is, which is something I always think about, which is knowing what people are going to prejudge you on and then sure. just using it against them and sure. then just getting it out of the way. Sure, you know? yeah, let's get it out of the way. And thinking a little bit about what they're thinking, yeah. but really just trying to do as an artist what I think is funny, because I think if you think too much about them, then you just turn into a fucking a, a clay that they form. Right. And it's like, no, I'm I'm in charge of what I decide to do, but I kind of know where your brain's going, and so we'll, let's go there for a second, and then I'm going to be in charge. I think yeah. that's important. Is yeah. is not do, and that's probably a rookie move too. Is is catering things to what you think people are going to think is funny yeah. Yeah. versus what you just think is funny, yeah, or just an honest take, right? That speaks the truth, right? And there's so much tension with the truth that when you actually say. You know, something that like, hey, I've thought about killing my spouse. It's the best. It releases the tension. And the way you release is to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I, and that's why I use two examples of two things that I, yeah. I, li- I like about your comedy because it's that. And, and then it's, you know, the comedy for attractive Thank people you thing. Much. You're welcome. That's nice. So I, um, we, I always ask one of my yeah. one of my favorite questions, which is, do you have like a baller story Um since we didn't talk a lot about sports on the sports podcast for we, we, we need, a good we amount. I'm just kidding. Yeah, There's okay. no rules okay. on this. <laughs> and normally we drink wine, but Michael didn't want to drink wine because I, it's it's too early in the day. It's too early in the day. Well, yeah, there's a lot of reasons I don't I don't want to drink wine today. But the biggest reason is I'm on a fucking two day hangover right now. Are you really? Yeah, and I just am are like, you hungover right now? No, not right now. I'm, I'm not. Yesterday mad. I was <laughs> and I. Got to go to a dinner tonight where there's going to be wine involved. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to drink tonight. Mm. So I like to like get super drunk once and then take like four days off. I'm sure it's way worse for my body that way than if I just drank moderately all the time. But I, uh, I don't think it's great either way. You know, <laughs> but uh, I like that you think about it, though. Like, and here's. A, yeah, I get I some. As you get older, you got to think about your drinking. And I need to go to the gym still. Mm-hmm. Although that, you know, I've gone to the gym drunk before, and it actually helps the workout. You're not the first person that said said that before. Yeah. Getting on like the treadmill or something. Yeah. I've do, never done it. And but next thing you know, you look down, and it's been 30 minutes, and you're like, it's obviously because I'm drunk. But so what? I still ran for 30 minutes. Yeah, I've actually heard that before. Mm-hmm. That it's kind of fun yeah. <laughs> to go to the gym drunk. I don't belong to a gym, but yeah. I um. Yeah. I've never worked out drunk before. Yeah, I mean, I don't I can remember. It, but if it happens, well, if it happened, I can't it. remember. Yeah, you know, exactly. exactly. Um, but no, I a baller story. Yeah, baller story. Um, this is a, a, a. It would be. It would be preferable if it involved a ball, and if it was a baller in the sense also that like it was. It was kind of badass or something. Well, so it doesn't have to in, involve a ball. Okay. It, it's more just like. Is it okay if it does? 
Of course. Okay. I mean, that's even better for, okay. I mean, I like all the. Let's do a baller story. Okay. So it ties into what we were speaking about with tennis. And remember when um, I said, like, you get ranked on the computer. Yes. Right? So the number one tennis player in the world probably has, like, 2,000 ranking points. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I could be wrong by that, but it's, like, around there. Okay. To get on the computer, you need one ranking point. It's right. called an ATP point, Association of Tennis Professionals. And it's like a big deal when you get your ranking first point. It's like losing your virginity or whatever, right? Like yeah. You always remember it. Yeah. So I got my first ATP point in Decatur, Illinois at this terrible, um, terribly hot like public facility. But my baller story is on the way to my match to get my first ATP point, which is a big deal in mm-hmm. the tennis world. Right. This guy, I was driving... On the 74, and a truck in front of me <gasps> made an illegal left turnaround on the highway, and I couldn't stop. And like I, a Mack truck, like like a like a 15 foot like U-Haul. Holy shit! In between a Mack truck and a like pickup truck, you oh, know, like a big yeah. fucking truck. Yeah. <laughs> Slammed the car into there. The car <gasps> is completely totaled. Uh, the guy's like kind of an insane person. Whatever, whatever. The cops are coming. But um, I got to gotta go play my match. Yeah. And they default you. If you don't show This is a pro event. Like, if you don't show up, yeah. you lose your match. Anyways, cops come. I tell the cop what happened. I say, I need a ride to my match. This cop is cool, dude. This is like real America. Did you tell him, like, the situation with, like, your yep. tennis, though? Like- yeah, exactly. I go, I'm playing this tournament. But, you know, in general, cops don't give a fuck. Like, if you're in an, if you're in an accident and you got to get home to your son's birthday party, they're like... Okay, but we're going to take care of the accident first. Like, we're not in a rush right, for right. your personal life. Right, right. You know, like, which I understand. And a lot of times they're just dicks in general, yeah, of you course. know? And they like, you know, this guy was cool. We did all the things we needed to do with the accident. Anyways, the cop took me to the match, which was nice. Oh, wow. I was late, and you get penalized to be late. So I went, I, I started the match down a score in, in tennis they actually like give your opponent points when you lose yeah it'd be, it'd be like in basketball if you showed up late like the other team's up 10 to 0 right. it's like hilarious to think that uh, anyways I win that match and I get my first ATP point as a computer ranking point and it's just a fun story that's it was awesome like, I was kind of whiplashed I uh, the car was totaled a cop took me to the match and I got my, my first ATP point so I'll never forget that that's my baller story that is a that wow it's not bad it's not bad no. it's not a bad baller story that's a great baller yeah. story that's <laughs> fucking awesome and that's what started your professional tennis career that's what started professional tennis career which in one way or another led me to comedy so who knows maybe that accident was, was destiny yeah well that's a memory memory that you shouldn't fold up and forget because you were saying don't hold on to certain things I'm not gonna, I'm not don't forget that one that's a good one, one well i think and that's important too because you had to come over overcome all these things yeah you know and, and in some weird way because all that shit happened i was like mentally detached from the actual moment yeah and it helped yeah, you know I could I mean? see. Yeah, I could yeah. totally see that because you had a lot of other things going on, yeah. and when you're in an, a- especially when you're in an accident, it's a little traumatizing, yeah. you know. Um, and you're not really, you don't have really a great grip on reality. You're not really in your head at all. I wasn't on my head. I had a great excuse if I did lose. Yeah. It was just like perfect. It actually was. I mean, the car was fucked, but, but yeah. So what? You know. Well, I mean. Yeah, the car is a car. You get a new car. Yeah. But you're you didn't get really hurt from that or anything. No, right? I, I I did not get hurt. Because that would I, make it less of a baller story yeah, too. And so. long story short, I've been in a halo now for my entire <laughs> life. No. Uh, no, that's uh, a great story. It's a good story. I can't. Sometimes I'll tell one too, but I don't think I can. Do you have one? You can tell one. Well, you know, I'm trying to think of one that's like. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the same. Well, it's your podcast. You I know you it's same, comparable. I usually only do one if I can like think of one. Um, yeah. That's sports related. That's like as cool as that. But <laughs> I don't think. I don't think okay. I have anything like that. I mean, okay. I I scored a goal once in soccer. No, it's stupid. Yeah, I'm not stupid. talking okay. about it. But um, <laughs> but no, I like that story. I think that's a good one. Good. Yeah. And then that led you to four years in tennis and then comedy. And then. Yeah. So what's your like end game? Like what, if you could like lo- every, everything I, is perfect. I love hosting. I like my own TV show mm-hmm. from a, not necessarily a sitcom, but like, you know, my dream was always Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. Um, now Good as I'm dream. in in the industry mm-hmm. and I've seen some of that, I, I think like, man, what you have to do to get to that point is kind of so insane. I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm cut out for that type of calculated, focused, sometimes stab your best friend in the back that needs to climb all the way that high that being said i think there's also examples of people that have tv shows that are 
wonderful and aren't as like insane. So, uh, so, but yeah, that's always the dream. I like working with teams. I like working with writers. I like, uh, being on camera as well, Mm -hmm. but, but I would love to, I would love to do that at some point. I've, I've had a couple shots, but I think I just need more and maybe eventually it'll happen. Yeah. Well, and I guess it's one of those things where you just can't quit and you have to just stay positive, right? Don't quit. Be realistic about how you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be insane either. Yeah. If you're really sucking for 10 years and, and you got to be objective, then get the fuck out. And in tennis, there was these people I would meet that like just didn't have a grasp on reality. And I'd yeah. be like, got to get out. This is not for you. I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, but you got to persevere, but you also got to be objective with, with your own abilities and see where you are after a long period of time. Yeah. 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 That, and the grasp on reality thing is really important, you yeah, know, for sure. Cause you see it a lot of times in comedy too, yeah. Um, yeah. where people have some, either they have some success and they, they lose something or they, they kind of try to recall, like they don't evolve, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Or they just never even get to that point because yeah. like I, you know, I'm in like the, I'm not in the circuit that you're in quite as much. And I'm like, I would, I like, I'm a featuring for people if sure. I'm ever going on sure. the road or opening. We have different years of experience. Of course. Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah. I'm just, but, but so where I'm seeing that those people are, they aren't probably never going to get out of that grind, that first part of it, because they're telling the same jokes for three years. And it's like, that joke's not even that fucking good. Yeah. You know, you're just telling, you're just repeating a, a mediocre joke because you're afraid of taking a risk mm-hmm. and maybe telling a worse joke. Right. But also you're avoiding the reward of maybe telling a much better joke. And those people probably weren't athletes. Yeah, exactly. You right. know, exactly. Right. So on that note, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. You're great at this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I am now that I'm hosting on my own. I always, um, I always am, you know, making sure that, I'm doing a good job because I don't have a co-host and she was actually a TV host. So it used to make me feel like, Uh, you know, I'm you listen, you have stories of your own and you ask good questions. Boom. Well, I learn a lot too. And that's why I do it because I like to learn things from people, you know? Um, so thank you. I appreciate that. So where can people find you? Michaelcosta.com is everything. My website just won this award, which I had no idea. Really? Yeah. Which is cool. I I mean, I didn't even know your website could win an award. Yeah. That's a testament to who designed the website. (laughs) That's not a testament to, to me, but, um, I mean, yeah, it's a really fun website. It's kind of interactive. It's fun. Uh, and that's all my social media, Michael Costa. I have a podcast called the worst birthday podcast right. where people share their worst birthdays with me. That's, that's at worstbirthday.com. That's it. Cool. All right. And then are you going on the road anytime? I'm on or? the road, but all the live dates are at michaelcosta.com. And I, I can't think of the schedule right now, but just go to michaelcosta.com. And you can also catch Michael at the comedy store pretty all much every week. All the time. Um, in the original room. Yeah, that's right. So check him out there. And thanks to all the listeners for, um, rating and reviewing us because it's really important when you have a podcast you, you know guys that, Michael. if you don't get ratings and reviews you don't get you don't move up the system you got to do that for us please people are always like i love your podcast and i'm like well where's your fucking rating, rating? I, I didn't see your <laughs> yeah. rating you know yeah. and your review yeah. um and um that motivates them to then do that you know but um thank you guys for listening and also you can follow us on playing with balls on instagram and twitter and all of your questions to playing w balls oh. at gmail.com because playing with balls is too long. Yeah. So thank you for <laughs> listening and until next time. Bye. Bye.